This is the 200 Churches Podcast, episode 65. So I'm trying to, to illustrate something here, and, and this one is don't compare your church with a mega church because comparing your church of 200 with a church of 10,000 is like comparing your small town of 5,000 with a city of a quarter million. There's, there's no comparison and no benefit in comparing the two. Yeah, exactly. And then when you do that, you forget about the benefits of the small. And if all you're doing is admiring and then becoming jealous of the big church and the stuff you can't do, then you forget to do the awesome small church stuff. Thank you for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast, where we're focused on pastors of small churches, 200 churches. Every Wednesday, we release an episode that will lift your spirits, lighten your load, and let you laugh. Today, the guys are joined by Carl Vaders from NewSmallChurch.com. His name is Carl, and he is a small church pastor. And now, here are two guys who lead and pastor in a 200 church, the Wright Brothers of Ministry Podcasts, Jeff and Johnny. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. I am Johnny Craig, and as usual, I'm here with the man, the myth, the legendary figure. He's not here right now, but I'm here, Jeff Cady. Oh, okay, yeah, Jeff. He, hey, it's that, good to have The other here. guy just walked out. Yeah, well, he was a nice guy, though. Jeff, I've said this before on the podcast. Last time I said it, it snowed. So I'm going to try this again. Spring has sprung. Spring is here. It's beautiful outside. Sunny, warm. It's like normal spring temperature. It's Short like sleeve 55 weather. 55 degrees. That's like yeah. normal. Sometimes it's March and you get like 80 degrees and you know, first of all, you know that global warming is real. Sorry to offend anybody. And second, you know that, uh, that it's going to snow again. And for all of those of you out there who don't think global warming is real, Johnny was joking. I was joking. If you do think it was real, he was serious. Dead serious. Okay. So that's called applicational theology is what that's called. <laughs> no debates on this show. No, it, is, in, for it is interesting, though. It's April. We haven't, we haven't seen 80 degrees, have we? I don't think – we got in the mid-70s once. I mean, we've, we've seen 90 degrees in March before. Here it is April, what, 10th or so, and we haven't seen – 80 degrees yet, so That's, it's been a cold, stingy spring. But it's here now, I think. Okay. Jeff, we were talking before we went on air, live and in person, we were talking about iTunes. iTunes. The tunes yes. of I. Yeah. Yes. And we were, we were talking about how many reviews do we have? 13. 13 reviews. And how many, how many downloads are we going to hit this week? 30,000. Okay. You just went behind the behind the curtain there with us, guys. We're we're gonna have thirty thousand downloads by the end of this week, total, all time, and we have thirteen measly reviews on iTunes. Hey, quick shout out to you twelve who have left reviews because yeah, Jeff was one. Yeah, because I was one. <laughs> I left a review for Johnny. <laughs> the other dirty dozen. <laughs> the other dirty dozen. Thank you so much. You guys rock. Now for everybody else, and we know there are many of you. Could you do us a favor? I mean, seriously, pretty, pretty pleased. It will go a long way to boosting our searchability on iTunes. It will go a long way to promoting us on iTunes. If you would just pop on iTunes real quick and rate us and leave a review. I mean, it would be so, so helpful. I tell you, we had somebody who sent us an email. If you're listening, uh, hello. You sent us an email and it said, hey, I went on iTunes. I searched encouragement and you were one of the, the top I, uh, podcasts. So I, I love just, that. I just clicked it. And I started listening, and it, and it just changed my day. Well, the God changed your day, okay? Not us, I promise that. But, but she searched 
iTunes or she searched encouragement. There we were. And the more ratings we get, the higher we can get. So that if somebody does type in, hey, I just need some encouragement. Boom, there we are. Hey, I'm a small church pastor. I'm looking for some help. Boom, there we are. I mean, we can become more readily available to people if you would just get onto iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. I mean, we don't charge you for this podcast. I, I think we should start. 50 cents per download. Ooh. It'll automatically come out of your, your uh, uh, if you use a smartphone, it'll automatically come out of your smartphone account. <laughs> you know, like your like Amazon does and things what, like that. What can I ask what a smartphone account is? <laughs> <laughs> Log into your smartphone account. Come on. I, see, I've got an Android, so I've got like this, this, this weird Android Google account or something. Oh, that's funny. Somehow they took my Visa card. Yeah. And, yeah, I get yeah. weird charges on it. I don't pay attention to it, though. Charge. Okay, so I do have a figure, a figure that I'm going to share with you at the end of the podcast. And if you don't really want to listen to it, just go to the end and listen to the last minute. It's a very interesting figure about these downloads and about these uh, uh, ratings and reviews. Okay. So today we have our friend Carl the Shark Vaders. He is joining us. No, don't, don't, don't do it. Oh, I've got okay, the real sorry. music. I'm oh, put, oh, we have the real stuff. Yeah, I'm going to put the real stuff. All it's right. already going right now, but we can't hear it because I edited it later. <laughs> sure. Post-production. Wow. Thank behind, God for post-production. Behind the curtain. Uh, Carl the Shark Vaders is here. We're talking about our attitude toward mega churches. Let's roll. We are here again with our friend Carl Vaders, our friend and your friend, really. Carl, how are you? I'm good since I got all these friends, especially. <laughs> Carl, it's always awesome to be talking to you on the podcast. You were you were telling Jeff and I off air about your crazy week, but fill everybody else in what what you were up to last week, what you were doing with yourself. Yeah, I um, I got both ends of the church growth spectrum last week. I spent two days at the Catalyst Conference at a mega church in Irvine and uh, had all kinds of well-known name speakers for that for two days. And then the very next day, I was at uh, my first ever house church conference. Uh, they had called me in to talk a little bit about where there's an overlap between small church and house church. And I've never been in a house church, never been to a house church conference before. So it was interesting, especially right after the Catalyst Conference, to spend a day with a bunch of uh, house church, I was going to say house church pastors, but most of them aren't pastors. A couple of them are have some ministerial credentials, but most of them are just people who lead a house, you know, lead a church in their house or someone else's house. So the contrast was very interesting last week. Well, I have to ask, Carl, was the conference at someone's house? <laughs> Good question. No, it was not. <laughs> well, there were about there were about thirty five of us, so we couldn't quite fit in somebody's house. Not a house conference, then. No, it was it was it was an out of. <laughs> well, I guess I could call it an outhouse conference. That doesn't sound right at all. <laughs> Well, I think 35 <laughs> could have fit in a house. I think they should have gone for it. Big house, sure. A little taste of their yeah. own medicine. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff for, all, for all the house church pastors listening, house church oh, leaders, Jeff oh has dear. no love for you whatsoever, oh apparently. <laughs> I just I, I, I lost my mind for a second. I forgot where we were recording and who I was supposed to be. Uh. <laughs> the I'm not a mega church basher one, that doesn't mean you are a house church basher, though. You know, I am not a house church <laughs> basher since my first small church basically could have been a house church. Yeah, I don't sure. even know why we had that building. In fact, the truth is, the three years I spent pastoring that church would have been better spent if we met in homes. We would have accomplished a whole lot more. So I'm redeeming myself here. There you go. Uh, yeah, and that's, and that's really true. In fact, that's some of what I learned on Saturday 
was was exactly that. Many of them had come out of a more traditional, uh, you know, more, you know, church building with a mortgage church, and uh, had found that they really now have an ability to do immediate ministry because they don't have this overhead uh, of a building to keep and uh, and all that stuff that uh, you know a, a church in a building has. So that was it. Was interesting for me, my first time being around house church pastors to kind of get some of that vibe and some of that understanding. Cool. I I dig on house churches. Frank Viola has a book called Reimagining Church where he basically advocates for house churches. I have one sticking point, and that is um, I get paid to be a pastor, and I don't think house church <laughs> pastors get paid to be pastors. Yeah. So God bless them. God bless them. There's not a lot of paid people in that room. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Sure. So, you know, God bless them, but... Um, I, I, yeah, that part stresses me out a little bit, uh, when I think about house church, if I'm just, I'm being honest, this is the honesty moment of the podcast. Carl, I want to jump in with you enough with the funny house church talk and enough with honesty. Yeah, for sure. Let's, let's go right to the fake (laughs) stuff. Um, you have a blog post. We've been going through kind of your like top uh picks on your blog right you say if you if you want to be uh, a follower of newsmallchurch.com you should read these blogs first this is one of them it's called hi i'm carl and i'm not a mega church basher so you spent some time in a mega church this week at the cat west listening to some mega church pastors and and you enjoyed yourself you know you had a good time and that is because carl you're not a mega church basher what are you well i am a supporter of any style of church that gets the job done. And uh, there are certain things that can be done, like the conference last week, only in a mega church. That that conference couldn't have fit in my church. And uh, those kind of conferences are, are helpful. They're valuable. They, they can bring really good things to the body of Christ. Uh, there are people who like their church being in a big setting with um, high production values and so on. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that as long as the focus is kept on Jesus. It doesn't matter what size the church is. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not out to bash any particular style or size of church. Uh, I just think that we need to uh, take a look at the more overlooked parts of church, which are small churches and, as we mentioned already, even house churches. You know, Carl, some time ago when we had started 200 churches, uh, a friend of mine named Chris, Chris from Wichita. Wichita. Chris, if you're listening... <laughs> Chris, you know who you are. Don't you ever accuse me again, Chris, of bashing <laughs> large churches. Now, because we had talked so much about smaller churches, I think he might have heard some comment come out of my mouth, and maybe he was feeling a little bit sensitive at the time, and he felt as though I was somewhat denigrating large churches, which was the absolute last thing I've ever wanted to do through our ministry of 200 churches. And as you say, when you started NewSmallChurch.com, some people got around you because you were pro-small church. They assumed that you would enjoy bashing the large church. Yeah, it, actually, this is one of the first posts I wrote because I'd only written, I think I don't. the thing had only been up a month or two, so I'd only written a handful of posts. But I was already getting uh, this response back of, uh, and actually it was from two different uh, viewpoints. One was, yeah, go get them. And the other one was, how dare you? Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. and, and I'm not on I'm, I'm not on either of those teams. Um, you know, if you're going to cheer me on and say, go get the mega churches, sorry, you're going to have to do that by yourself because I'm not out to get anybody. And if you're saying, how dare you? My response is, how dare me? What? I'm not against anybody here. 
so I wrote that piece just to immediately establish right up front, uh, you can be for one thing and even emphasize that one thing without uh, being against the other thing. Um, it is possible to do both and. These are not mutually exclusive. I'm not saying the entire church needs to be small or needs to be house, but I'm kind of tired of the handful of voices that have been so dominant in the last 20 to 30 years that seem to be saying at sometimes that the church needs to be big. Yeah, and see, uh, that's, that's I think, problem. what we've hit on so many times in the podcast. It's This is not an indictment on one kind of church or an elevation of another kind of church. We just want to celebrate. We just want to celebrate what, what God is doing through churches of all sizes. So we are just sitting in our corner of the internet, right? Our corner of the world, new small church, 200 churches. And we're saying, Hey, we're here to celebrate small churches, right? Small churches doing big kingdom things. Nobody thinks, you know, that, it doesn't have to be the case that loving small churches means hating mega churches. That that type of dualistic thinking is not it's not helpful in the body of Christ. No, absolutely not. And in fact, there's a lot of things that small churches can do better if we could figure out ways to partner big churches with small churches. I think too often the small church uh, leaders and small churches are struggling on their own. Uh, you know, the big churches and growing churches have figured out how to get together. Uh, partly because they got budgets. They can put together a three-day conference. They can fly out. They can pay for the hotel and the meals and the, and the registration for the conference. And, and they've, they've taken advantage of that and they get together and they share with each other and they, they lift each other up. But we in small churches have not taken advantage of the opportunities to network. Uh, I think we've said, well, we don't have the money or the time, so we can't. But as you guys have figured out, and as I'm trying to do, we looked at it and went, but wait a minute, the internet's free. I don't have to get in a, on a, in, a, in a plane or even in my car to go to a conference. I can log on to the internet anytime and listen to a 200 Churches podcast, and small churches can help each other. Yeah, And small churches can learn from mega churches too. I, I still read the books by the Andy Stanleys and the Rick Warrens. Why? Because they got something to teach me. Um, I, I learned from them, and hopefully, as voices like ours get out there, they'll figure out they've got something they can learn from us, too. Yeah, that's so true. That reminds me, we went to a, a district retreat uh, uh, two years ago, Jeff and I and our wives. It was out in Colorado. And uh, there's a there's one church in our district that is much larger than all of the other churches. Uh, I'm not sure if it's quite mega, but it's certainly on the precipice. And, and you know they have all these resources and and all this uh, production value and, and all of this. And they there was a session specifically at this retreat where their pastor came and kind of shared uh, what their church is doing, resources, and then made the offer, hey, if you need any of this, if you want any of this, just contact our team, here's some email addresses, and we will happily provide you with some of this material and some of these resources. And, you know, what a what an amazing thing, this larger church saying, hey, we're here to help and support the smaller church. I mean, I think that's what you're saying too, Carl. I, and I also think of, I don't want to rant, but uh, lifechurch.tv has yeah. so many resources, so much uh, stuff that is available, graphics, sermons, lessons for kids, so much. And it's all free. It's all free to other pastors and churches to use. What a great ministry from Craig Rochelle and Life Church down there in Oklahoma. 
Yeah, and I've, I have found that to be the case with uh, almost all the mega churches that I know. They they really have a spirit of generosity. Uh, Mariner's Church in Irvine, which is a mega church where we had the conference last week. As we were there, I was commenting to the people I was with about how generous the staff is there, how generous they are with their time and with their facility. You know, my son is going to graduate from a small Bible college next month. My older son graduated from the same Bible college a few years ago, and they hold their graduation ceremonies at Mariner's Church because the college is too small to have a facility for graduation. And Mariner's uh, heard years ago that they were having to rent out the fairgrounds at massive amount of money for their graduation and said, well, you can come here for free. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's phenomenal. Yeah. And, and, and it, and it, it costs them something to open up their place for free electricity costs and the staffing that's there that helps and the generosity they have when you get there is extraordinary. So these aren't, you know, these aren't just feed me, feed me places. And that's the reputation some mega churches have is that it's all got to be about what's coming into us. And, and I, in most mega churches I've participated with, that's not the case at all. And I think all of us as small church pastors, we can do the same thing in our communities when people need a room or if they need a, a, an auditorium. And as long as we've got one of sufficient size, we can do the same thing. And I enjoy doing that with uh, different different groups and different people in our town who need a place. Uh, we, we're always glad to provide that. We're the only church in our town, maybe county, with a baptismal. So there have been churches that have come and used the baptismal (laughs) at our church. It's, you know, what a great thing to be able to do that. There's something wonderful about when you, when you can really relax, know who you are and be able to have a real generosity of spirit and say, as long as the kingdom is blessed, we don't care who gets the credit. And and then sometimes you do get a blessing from that yourself. A a quick example of that. It's kind of off the beaten path here, but it's, I, I guess it's part of the thing too. Good 15 years ago, I got a call out of nowhere from a guy in Canada Thing. He was taking a missions group of a bunch of youth from a whole bunch of churches in this in, in Saskatchewan, Canada, and they were looking for a church that would just loan them a floor where they could just sleep overnight as they were waiting for their plane on the way down to Mexico and on the way back as they had a, as they had a, an overnight. Can we just use your floor and spread out our sleeping bags? And I said, Yeah, sure. We're not using it that night. Well, it turned out on their way back they happened to be there on the same night as our youth night. And so they got to know our youth pastor over the years. And from that, we've had probably 20 interns come to our church, each of whom gave a full year of their of their life after high school to come and minister in our church for free and to bless us. And it was all simply because, yeah, we've got the building. We're not using it that night. You can put your sleeping bags out. <laughs> you know, Because it, you said that you were using the room, but you wouldn't be using the floor that night. <laughs> So they could have yeah. the floor, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I have no idea how that would work, Jeff, but that's you, you just keep <laughs> Thank you, Carl. Thank you. <laughs> Somebody has to say these things sometimes. Well, and, and you said 20 interns. Now, was that spaced over 20 years, or were there the more than one each year? year? Over the last 10 years or so, just about every, every year we seem to have two or three from that have come through that group from Saskatchewan, because every year now he comes through. And well, he, some of it's kind of easy. You, imagine Saskatchewan is way north of where you guys are. Uh huh. Yep. And they come through in February to Southern California to a church that has a skate park on their youth night. Oh wow! So this is not a hard sell. 
<laughs> I was going to say Saskatchewan, Southern California. I don't yeah. know. For free, you're giving them a place to stay. That sounds yeah, like a pretty good deal. That, we don't have to bash them over their heads to get them to commit a year. But 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 it all came because I just said, yeah, you can sleep on the floor when you come through. We we got a facility. Let's let's bless the kingdom by having somebody sleep on the floor. Hey, you know. Where do they live? Um, the first year we had them. Um, in different houses, but it didn't work because we, we lost any sense of community among them. So we uh, pulled the trigger. We raised enough money through offerings to buy a, for a down payment, and we bought a house. Wow. Yeah. I've thought about kind of what you're describing. I've thought about that in our context, in our city. Well, if there's any, if there's ever a chance where you come on vacation in Southern Cal or whatever, it would be nice to see you anyway. But I would suggest connecting you with my youth guy because he really runs the whole thing i just yeah. stand around for it but he he runs the whole deal and can give you all the details on how he recruits and everything else but they actually pay us uh, i said it's for free because it's free to us but it's not free to the interns they pay us for room and board and curriculum and everything else so <laughs> are you serious you get oh, yeah, people oh, yeah. to come right. and pay yeah. you to work yeah, for they, you they, they, they pay us to work full time for ten months at the church with us. Yeah, I'm going to call your youth pastor if that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who can figure out how to get that? We're not out of Southern California, but that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Very innovative. Very I, innovative. I like that. Okay. All right. Back on back on topic here, Jeff. You can okay. bring us back with something. Carl, we talked about um, trying to come up with some productive ways that small churches can benefit from mega churches, okay? And so I just, and I didn't send these to you, but I, I jotted down a couple notes. And, and I've got four and four. I've got four things that I think are good and four things that we don't need to do in terms of our interaction with, with a mega church. So I'll read it and you tell me what you think, okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so a mega church is a great place to attend a conference, almost even as a vacation, to renew, refresh, and just... Enjoy your time there in a large church setting where you're not in charge. Yeah, the last few words are the big deal to me. Oh, yeah. You're not in charge. I, you know, I went through years of, I was even the local presbyter for the, you know, for the, for our, our denominational, you know, group. Every time I walked in the room, I was in charge and it just wore me out. Yeah, to go and to receive from others, huge deal. Absolutely big benefit that they offer to us. How about this one? A mega church is a great place to visit on a Sunday off because you can gather a ton of innovative ideas to take back to your own church. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, that's what I usually do. I go to a bigger church on my Sundays off, not obviously because I don't love small churches, but because if I go to a small church, because partly because of what I do, I'm looking around and I can find, oh, I could help them here. Here's an idea I could give them here. And I'm working. You know, I'm thinking about how I can do an output and help them with this, help them with that, even if they're doing things great. But if I go to a mega church, I'm not sitting there going, oh, I could tell, tell them how to do this better. You know, so I'm just in total receive mode. And because it's such a different style from my church, I see things in new ways. Sometimes you got to go through the window instead of the door to see something from a different angle. Mm -hmm. And they provide that different, that different angle for me. Yeah. All right. Here's another one, Carl. Uh, utilize resources from a megachurch that you think might work back at home with the caveat to be careful because maybe not everything is going to transfer that well. Yeah. 
the, the longer you're in small church ministry and the more you understand the value of small church ministry, the easier it is to transpose those principles. I can go now like to Catalyst and there's some stuff that just automatically I just slipped on slipped on past me. I didn't even think about it because I just know it's not going to apply. And I can walk home from a, a Catalyst West conference for two days and everything that I have written down will apply in my small church simply because I know what, what will. 10, 12, 15 years ago when I was going, half of what I thought would apply didn't and half of it did because I was still sorting that out. Right. Right. Uh, but you can't even know that what the difference is until you go and you experiment and learn and fail a few things and realize, okay, these things don't work in the smaller church setting. But yeah, the, the, sometimes you just got to go and get the ideas and, and bounce them around and fail on a few things and transpose others. And then here's, here's one last one. Connect with megachurch leaders on Twitter or Facebook and stalk their world. This was funny, Carl, because you recently had a little uh, little Twitter convo with uh, Mr. Andrew Stanley. Yeah, it was kind of. I I I put up one of my blog posts. I was gone somewhere for the day. I didn't check Twitter all day, which happens a lot. I, I'm not on it constantly. And I got back on Twitter that night, and I had this ton of new followers, like way more than usual. I'm going, what in the world happened? And I scroll back through them, and I go, Andy Stanley complimented me on my blog post. Way to go. <laughs> like are you kidding me the Midas touch <laughs> yeah so I've that's I'm, I'm feeling just a, a little more um, blessed today the 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 like 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 uh, like Moses face uh, shining it's it's a little bit it's been a couple weeks <laughs> the little but I think I still feel a little bit of that warmth that's amazing Wow, boy! I tell you what, after after being with Johnny and I, you're just going to be flying high for several weeks, I'm <laughs> yeah, sure. Right? Hey, you, you, yeah. Pe- people ask me for two days after I've done a podcast with you, you look different. What's happened to you? Oh my, that makes I, my day. Yeah, no, it's it's mostly because of the bags under my eyes. But that's. <laughs> hey, I've got I've got some negative ones now. Don't try okay. to imitate what a megachurch does at your church methodologically. Now. It's hard for me to even say that word. It's a very long word. Methodologically, <laughs> imitate principles, don't imitate practice. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wrote another uh, blog post called Innovation Happens in the Middle. And what I meant by that is at the, at the fundamental root of things, we agree on theology. And uh, on the outer edge of things, there are these stylistic things. You know, so you go and they've got a fog machine and they've got video announcements and they've got – and you, that stuff is – I'm not going to try to copy that. I don't have the money for it. I, I don't even care if we've got it or not. So uh, the innovation doesn't happen on those edges, and the innovation isn't going to happen in the middle because I'm not going to change my core theology, and they're not asking me to. We agree on that. But there's this middle ground where you where you talk about where you can take principles, where you can take ideas, where you can take uh, something and transpose it over. So you know, don't walk out thinking we're going to have the same signage as the mega church or – we're going to use the same equipment as they use, or th- yeah, that, that's just just a recipe for uh, frustration and failure. But if you can take the principle behind it and use that, then you can really be blessed by the megachurch. So I'm trying to to illustrate something here, and and this one is don't compare your church with a megachurch because comparing your church of 200 with a church of 10,000 
is like comparing your small town of 5,000 with a city of a quarter million. There's, there's no comparison and no benefit in comparing the two. Yeah, exactly. And then when you do that, you forget about the benefits of the small. Right. You know, there, there are reason people live in small towns and there's a reason people go to small churches. And if all you're doing is admiring and then becoming jealous of the big church and the stuff you can't do, then you forget to do the awesome small church stuff. I, absolutely. And this one's kind of related. And this one, I think, is maybe the hardest one for pastors is do not compare your uh, yourself as a leader with the leader of a megachurch. And uh, I think that we pastors all want to be at the top of our game, right? Um, so I, an elder came up to me yesterday and said, you ready? It's game day. And I, and I, I like uh, I like the athletic right metaphors, but we, we're like athletes, right? We want to be at the top of our game. And when we start looking at these megachurch leaders, well, I mean, we don't see all the staff that's backing them up, and we don't see all the you know other inner workings and their personalities might be different than ours. It's not good to compare ourselves to other megachurch leaders. Absolutely. Because the, the top of the game for a megachurch pastor looks completely different than the top of the game for a small church pastor. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's not a it's not a matter of scale. It's a matter of different, a, a completely different animal. Small churches aren't just big churches done with fewer numbers. There are principles that have to be done differently in a small church than in a big church. You're in a big church. They don't know the people by name. They know, they don't even know some of their staff members by name. Right. If it's big enough. And they spend their time as leaders training other leaders. I spend some of my time as a leader training other leaders, but I spend some of my time, most of my time as a leader with uh, congregation members, visiting in hospitals, um, helping you know, helping out in all kinds of much more hands-on ways with the average person uh, rather than with another trained and ordained leader. And um, if you try to do it that way, uh, well, in fact, I even mentioned in my book, I, I actually hurt some people over a period of years because I distanced myself on purpose from the average person who came to church because I'd been told at the megachurch conferences that if you're going to be effective, you have to invest 80% of your time in other leaders. And in a small church, it's not that way. You still have to train other leaders. It's an absolute essential, not just of management, but of the gospel. Our job as pastors is to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. That's training leaders. But we're equipping the saints. We're not equipping the leaders most of the time. Carl oh. Vader's getting liquored up at the end. I like oh, that. Yeah. Carl. Well, I was, you know, hit, I was hurt, hitting the 30-minute moment coming up soon, so I figured <laughs> we're going to wrap it up, and I'm going to close it with a bang. I learned that it. at a mega conference, actually. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that one was right. That's a good tip. <laughs> Carl, thank you so much. It's great to have you this, uh, uh, this month of April, and uh, I'm, I'm thinking you're going to join us again next month in May. That's the plan. See you All right. Guys. Thank you, Carl. We love talking to Carl, and that was our conversation with him for this month. About megachurches next month, we're going to get back on, and we're going to talk to him about millennials. Millennials. Those spooky millennials. Johnny, How I want you to read that post. I want some input from you next month. Okay, I will look at it, and I will I will give some input into it. The, the top... 
10 tricks to keep millennials out of your church. That's what yeah. we're going to be talking about. Well, Wait, no, no, that's not it. Into your church, well, not out of your church. Whatever, I can't even hear it right now. I mean, after what you talked to me about earlier, you've hurt my feelings. So okay. you're a millennial, then, hey, you're going to carry the heft of the next one. You got Obviously, it. I'm old. You I, got you no, know, I get things screwed it's, up. It's so, uh, Okay, here's the, here's the figure. 13 reviews on iTunes. Yes. 30,000 downloads. That means we only... We only needed 2,307 downloads for every review. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Come on, folks. You guys are making us work for it. <laughs> I don't like this. We we don't ask you for much. Nothing, We don't ask really. you for much. <laughs> it, it, yeah, actually, nothing. <laughs> if you go on to 200churches.com, there's a little, there's a little uh, uh, subscribe on iTunes button yeah. there to the right. Click that button, and it will open it up for you in iTunes, and then... Uh, I don't know if you have to subscribe to it in order to leave a uh, a rating or review or not. I'm not I'm not that uh, techie, but uh, you can figure. Subscribe it out. too while you're at it. Then that'd be fine. I you know we're coming to you hands open, begging like a couple of uh, chumps. So don't embarrass us, please. I mean we feel stupid already. We're gonna find out that we're gonna find out that twenty nine thousand. Uh, like little computer bots have been downloading the Twitter Churches podcast. <laughs> we don't right. have any real listeners. That's right. Leave. Those 12, that is who listens to the podcast. Wow. That 12. <laughs> and you know, you know where those computer bots come from? They're spread onto the internet by mega churches. Oh, just to make yes. us feel better? That, yes. Well, that's kind at least. Mega churches, because they know we don't get any downloads. Oh, jeez. Hey, here's something that is interesting. Uh, at least it was interesting to me. I found this website, this little program, where you can actually look at the reviews given to you in other countries. So if, if people in another country go onto their iTunes and leave you a review, it won't show up on ours because we're in America. What? Yes. So I found that we have five more. Count them. We have international reviews. We have five international reviews. Stop. The UK, Canada, Australia, India. I think those four countries, and one of them has two. Wow. Amazing. That's co- kind of cool. It's earth-shattering. I've legitimately, I've never heard this news. Actually, it's no big deal. You're <laughs> jumping this on me on air. It, so Absolutely. This is not a fake reaction. I think that's very cool. You're shocked. I'm a little shocked that anybody would listen to us anywhere uh, at all. We have done, we have pre-recorded a couple really cool episodes. I wish that I oh, could yeah. just pop them in between now and next week, but hey, it's every Wednesday. So I'm not sure what next week is going to bring. We might pop in a, a new person, uh, or where you're going to get uh, you're just going to get us again. But hey, thanks for listening to the 200 Churches podcast. We hope we haven't annoyed you too much with ratings and reviews. But <laughs> if we can even just get up to 15, we won't mention it again. Have a great week. We hope you've been encouraged and challenged by this episode of the 200 Churches podcast. We'll be back next Wednesday to provide you with more ministry encouragement as you pastor your 200 church. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love your people.